0: n e t s u i t e dot com slash w t f. Lock the gate. <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? Mark Marin here. This is my podcast. WTF? How's it going? On the show today, June, Diane. Raytheel is here you might know her from her television work her film work her podcast work uh, that show with Manzukis and her husband Paul shear how did this get made I believe is the name of that bit of business but she's here promoting a book that she's put together represent the women's guide to running for office and changing the world yep she's also on Grace and Frankie been doing that for years now i was happy to talk to her i thought she was mad at me it's been a long time since i've had a guest that i thought was mad at me but she wasn't mad at me so i figured out how to do a spotify playlist and share it on my instagram stories so grandpa's doing all right huh keeping up with the kids i know i know how to do that by the way the world is still ending and i'm not numb to it nor normalizing it I'm I'm trying to enjoy what I've worked for uh, without destroying it more and without being really negative right now. Is that okay? In other words, I'm uh, in a certain amount of intentional denial and ignoring it. And uh, here was my plan, though. Is that, tell me if you like this idea. So I've got these dates coming up. I got Detroit. I got Chicago, which is sold out. I got Minneapolis, Toronto. All these are happening, so I thought, wouldn't it be interesting or clever or fun or something that I could engage my dumb brain with and waste time in creating regional-oriented playlists on Spotify and then share them on my stories with the upcoming dates for the city that I'm going to that where the music is from? Huh? What do you think of that? Pretty good branding idea, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all the upcoming dates. So that's my big Spotify idea. Thank you for all the emails about my cat, Monkey. You're right. I should go. just go to the vet. I'm going to go. I'm going today. As I told you, Monkey seems to be losing weight, but he's very perky. He's very excited, and he's running around. He's eating a lot. He doesn't seem compromised in any way other than he looks a little smaller than he once did. Because he's a little old man now, but uh, enough people have red flagged the possibility of uh, kidney problems, hypothyroidism, pancreatitis. Problem like he's old, and he's doing okay. But yeah, I guess I should go in. It's just the idea, man, of getting these fucking cats in the cage. I don't know what kind of cat you have or how how well they're behaved, but to get monkey in the cage, I think is not as hard as once he's in there. He's gonna shit. He's gonna piss. He's gonna like howl. Fonda like is impossible to get in the cage. She gets in the cage, pisses all over. Everything. Lynn was trying to get me to uh, to get this sort of like little bag that you put your cat in. you you put the lay the bag on your on your legs and you put your cat on your lap and then you wrap him up in this little bag and his head sticks out and it's real easy and just carry him to the vet like a little. Uh, Papoose, is that what you call them? Like a little little baby in a little bag with his head sticking out. And it's like, not my fucking cat. You, know, you can stop that little idea and put the cat on your lap for any amount of time. I mean, monkey will climb on my lap, but they know, man. I, there's no way I'm gonna be able to wrap my cat up like a little enchilada and bring him like a cute little thing to the vet. My cats are terrified monsters. Get into the cage, shit, pee, howl. It's a mess when I get there. They don't want the vet to touch him. And I feel like I'm going to take a year or two off his life just to get his goddamn blood work done. But I should do it right. I can't just let him die. That's a bad feeling. You could have saved him. He had 15 years. I'll bring him in. I get it. I'm bringing the cat in. All right. So the cat thing is being handled. I'll handle it. Sorry I'm punchy. I did I drank coffee, man. I'm ba- it's like it's amazing fucking addiction, isn't it? Can I talk to you about that for a minute? Negotiating with the monkey on my back, the nicotine monkey. So I've been off for three weeks. I put on a few pounds. I had three fucking slices of mediocre pizza last night, and I ate them like I was running out of time in my life. That that if like if I was presented with a situation like you're gonna die in about a minute and a half, there's nothing you can do about it. But, and the only option you have to, to in this minute and a half is to eat as much of, pe- of this pizza as possible. That's all. So if you find any joy in that, you can either just sit there and wait to die or you can eat as much of this pizza as you want in the minute and a half you have, you have left to live. That's how I ate pizza in a public place at a party at someone's home yesterday. Most people were taking one piece and just enjoying the one piece. I took one piece, took a bite out of it, got mad that it didn't have uh, tomato sauce on it, got a piece with tomato sauce, started eating that. Then there was another, then more pizza came out. It was a fucking pizza cluster fuck in my face, in my mouth. So I, and, and like, I know it's not a big deal. You're probably like, hey man, people eat pizza. I guess they do. I guess, yeah, people eat pizza, but I didn't feel great about it. And then I get uh, today. I'm like, you know, do I have to live like this? I, I you know, there was a thing that happens when you, you engage your addiction. Okay, this one I thought was pretty minor, nicotine, but it puts a lid on the box. You know, if you look at yourself as a box, you don't want the box open, to where things can come out and go in easily when there's no way to regulate you know what's inside the box because you're missing a roof you're my being my soul my personality the roof it gets blown off the fucking thing as soon as i take out the plug nicotine was the plug it was the great leveler it was the thing that kept me grounded that kept me from losing my mind and i just take that out of the picture and all of a sudden hey man where's my fucking roof where's the roof to me gone So the elements are coming in. I want to get out. Uh, It's raining. I'm trying to rebuild the roof and I've got very few tools. Fuck it. Enough of that metaphor. What I'm saying is like, hey, wouldn't it be easier just to fucking do it? Maybe you can manage it, man. Just, you know, have one or two, you know, a day. You know, take it easy. Fuck. not going to do it. But that's what's going on. So, so I get rid of the nicotine three weeks in. I'm like, I can have coffee now. Let's go. Let, something's got to get me jacked. I haven't had coffee in over a year or two. And God knows I get enough coffee from uh, Just Coffee Co-op. They said keep sending me coffee, so I've had some of that. That's pretty good. But you know where that leads? Back to nicotine. Yeah, this is the dance I do, but it's with mundane substances. I'm not vaping. I'm not shooting dope. I'm not storting fentanyl. I'm not vaping. I'm not shooting dope. Hey, yeah, I, I think musical theater is going to happen. Fentanyl is not for me. I don't do that type of drug. Nicotine, 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 nicotine. Caffeine, 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 caffeine. Pizza, 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 pizza. Let's go on a hike. What's the point? Uh, I'll write the rest of that musical later. It's called Managing. Managing the Monkey. That's the name of the musical. So, folks, look. Justice. Is there justice? I'll tell you a story. The roof is off my soul. I've got no roof. The structure of my being is roofless. No roof. Just stuff flying out and flying in. I need to put a lid on it, man. I find that with the lack of nicotine and with the lack of a, sort of a regulating device for my emotions and and uh, thoughts, that you know, I and I think this happens. Or like, the, you know, where does the justice? You know, you see what's going on in the news. You see you know, people getting away with the shameless corruption and horrible kind of deregulating leading to the the environmental disaster it's just it's a fucking nightmare every day so where do you find justice in the world and it, it dawned on me that you find it in little things So I got this car. I got a Toyota. I got an Avalon, which is a nice Toyota, but it's not a Lexus. It's for the person that's sort of like, I don't want to buy a Lexus because then I'll worry about it. And why don't I just get the Avalon? Because that's just a Toyota at the end of the day. It's not a Lexus that you have to worry about. So that's what I got. Now, it's a nice enough car where you would think they'd have practical things for you to use when you say you want to comb your hair in the mirror. Now, for somehow or another, the light in this car at night and the lights available in the car at night do not enable you to see your whole head. It's just a fucking reality. Like, if I park at the comedy store and I left my house with red, wet hair, these are big problems. These are fucking deep problems. These are what's happening now. If I want to comb my hair out before I go into the comedy store, I look in the mirror with the light on, the the you know the interior light, not enough light to see my hair. Just I can just see my slightly illuminated face, which doesn't help me. And then, oh yeah, there's a visor mirror with a light in it. Okay, I'll pop that open. Not enough light to see my hair. Just my face. So what the fuck are my options? Then I got to get my cell phone out, turn the turn the light on on the phone, turn it around to my head so I can try and comb my hair like that or just like not get so hung up on my hair. Hey man, what are you worried about your hair for, man? You're all right. You're, you know, you're one of a kind. You're the real deal, right? Just go out with whatever kind of hair you want, man. Own it, man. Just own it. There's no one like you. What difference does it make? That's my uh, my new uh, one-of-a-kind character. Hey, man, yeah, I'm kind of an asshole, but there's no one like me, right? I show up, I do the work, I'm one-of-a-kind. They'll put up with it, one one-of-a-kind, man. Yeah. You like them? Yeah, man, I'm known for my shit, man. And There's no one does what I do, so, uh, you yeah, know, I'm difficult, but people will put up with it, you know why? Because no one's like me, man, one-of-a-kind. The point is, like, it's upsetting. It's a design flaw. And I had a moment where I'm like, someone should alert Toyota that at least the Avalon model does not have the proper uh, design to, uh, to self-groom uh, in, a, in, a, in a reasonable way. And I think that someone should be responsible for this. Take the hit. Where does the blame fall? You know, who is the guy with the sketches on his computer of how these lights work In this particular model of car. To where at night, with the interior lights on, no, can't see my hair. With the visor, mirror lights, can't see my hair. Got to go in and just assume that I look all right. Of course you look all right, man. There's no one like you. You're one of a kind, Don't worry about what people think. No one's like you. Why would you worry what people think, man? You're fucking one of a kind. Hey. Hey. So... I haven't written that email. Stop me, please. Just stop me. Let me cover that idea with pizza. That that'll stop me from being the person that leaves a Yelp review about anything. Look, folks, listen to me. June Diane Raphael. I I know her. I know her husband Paul uh, from the comedy world. Uh, I know in, in, we've met many times and I thought that there was a little tension because I almost had them on when she made a movie with her, her writing partner and I didn't. And I thought she was mad at me. I'll cover that with her. Uh, she's got a book out right now, uh, Represent the Women's Guide to Running for Office and Changing the World. She co-authored that book. She always can be heard on How Did This Get Made, the podcast she does with her husband, Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis. And all five seasons of Grace and Frankie are streaming on Netflix now season six comes out early next year. This is me talking to June Diane Rayfield. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. One to get the most out of what you read the foxed page is for you get it now wherever you get your podcasts let's were you mad at me let's address it were you mad at me no at, at, for any period of time because i'm like i
1: i was not mad at you mark maron oh. I was frustrated because we had been trying to book mm. a time to do your podcast, uh, Casey and I, when we were doing uh, right, right, we right. were promoting our movie Ass Backwards. Yes, which I watched. Great, and um, I'm sure you watched in preparation for an interview that never happened. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see I have no idea how how down in the muck of your admin of the podcast you are. Right, right. Um but but there were it, we rescheduled, well you rescheduled. Yeah. Hmm. Um a number of times very close to the recording time. Yeah. And at a certain point I just had to say I'm not scheduling it again for this time. Okay. So I apologize. I, apology accepted.
0: It was like uh, it was a bad time, maybe, and uh, maybe I, I, I felt bad about it, and I felt because the reason Cause I have
1: picked up on my anger.
0: Well, yeah, I sure, mean, sure, most people do. No, but I mean, like I you, I think you probably had a right to be mad at me, and and I understood that, and uh, and these things happen. In the you know booking what? and the show business, of
1: course they do. And I'm always um, happy to see you, though. I'm always happy to see you, and i <laughs> I do get really. I think at that time in my life, I also took that stuff very personally. Yeah, and that's silly, and I wouldn't now because I reschedule. I mean, I have a general meeting. I've been rescheduling for a year. Just like gonna keep on. Rescheduling is Isn't that it. weird, though? Yes. And so I do now understand that that is actually, qu- it's quite natural in right. the nature of things and yeah. people's schedules. But at the time. Personal. Um, yeah.
0: That fucking asshole, Marin.
1: Well, I just felt like, mm. uh, well, yeah, I felt like <laughs> this is my time and I've organized the day around this. Okay. And at a certain point, <sighs> I don't know that he wants to do this. And I may need to let him know that, that, that I feel the same way.
0: Nice. And I felt that. And this is like a big, this is so a big that landed. thing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fuck him. Yeah. He can dick me around like this. A little bit. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, it's all justified, but like, this is a long time ago. Oh, and like, the, things have happened. Uh, of
1: course. The world
0: is ending. You have children. Yeah. You're...
1: <laughs> right, at, right at that time, I decided to procreate. Just when I saw it all going down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's weird, though, that you have to learn these things in this business. Because I took it all personally, too. I always took it all personally. Yeah. Like when people, you know, the the assumption of people big timing you, that was another one. Mm. Where you have people you came up with and all of a sudden they're not getting you not emailing back. Mm-hmm. What's that about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll tell you what it's about. Usually they're busy.
1: Sure. <laughs> I know. And it's the same thing like I remember someone mm-hmm. telling me when you are in school and you have to walk into a classroom and you're late and you walk in and yeah. you feel everybody staring at you. Right. And you're so conscious of your body walking over to your seat and you're <laughs> conscious of sitting down yeah. and like settling into the right. energy of that space and just how intense an experience that is.
0: <laughs> what grade is this?
1: This is any grade really, <laughs> but I mean, I remember that just feeling like eyes burning through me <sighs> and being so aware of yeah. myself. And then and then when you're the the student in class and someone walks in late, mm-hmm. you look up because something different has happened. Right. But that's it. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> kind of it. <laughs> You're simply noticing like a pattern has been disrupted. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: something that was happening is now different. And I'm my eyes are going there. Right. But but there's nothing else I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I try to remember that, that it's really nice. not about me.
0: I tend to think if I look down I'm invisible. I like, like <laughs> if,
1: if I want, <laughs> not here. Yeah. I'm yeah. like two dimensional. Yeah, I'm just gonna be a just, shadow. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm, I'm yeah, just you won't worming see this. through the air, you can't see anything. Yeah.
1: I mean I also was so I'm five nine, I was my full height at eleven. Really? That's a very tall girl. Wow. So I was also very aware of my like my body and my stature and tried to make myself similarly like look smaller. Were you because, hunched? Yeah. And mm. I remember having an acting teacher in at NYU pull my shoulders back yes. and it really force me to
0: Isn't that uncomfortable? Uh, breathe. Like you like, breathe. feel like and you feel and it did it happen when you did that did you realize like this is how it's supposed, oh, I, it's I supposed
1: to be? Oh, I cried. I cried when she touched my shoulder. When
0: you, oh yeah, because when you open like that, oh you're like, it's what? so vulnerable. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm unguarded. Yeah, you absolutely. Can see it. Absolutely, you can see it. Yeah, all. you can see all my pain. Oh, I thought I was hiding it so well. I still
0: feel it now. Yeah, I know. I, do you do? Are you op- 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 like that? Do you walk like that now, regular?
1: I don't walk like that regularly. But if I need to open up, like <sighs> I could just like oh. that. Could, actually when i get massages i often cry because i have so many like pain points in my body really mhm
0: like just you, when they pushed on them it's... oh yeah oh yeah now okay so cuz i have that too and it's fairly general what 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 do you think it is why do um, we have to it's... keep crying
1: well i think our we... body stores grief and sadness and mm.
0: And, take and a, we're, sip, take and we're, a sip. <laughs> and we're funny people. And we and I, we push I it just, down, we enforce yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't even think it's necessarily um bad. A bad or uh mm. or repressed. And I think the pain of being the alive. human experience. <laughs> yeah. And just our body storing <laughs> memories and right.
0: Okay, so you're saying you're depressed. Are you in medicine? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know another way to say it. <laughs> I just didn't. I couldn't figure out how to get it.
0: <laughs> no. Did you grow up with a huge family?
1: I grew up with two older sisters. Oh, how are they doing? They're doing great. We're mm. very close. Really? Very, very close. Why yeah. do you...
0: Now, your name is pronounced R- Raphael?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why did that happen?
1: It's how it's always what, been. Pro-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking this tone with you. It's it, it spelled Raphael. Well I'm just telling you. I don't I don't know if you know that. Like it's So
1: like, it's actually German and it's pronounced Raphael.
0: Oh Raphael. Yes. Kind of like there's a little thing in there. It's not Ray-feel. it's like Rafiel.
1: No, it's Raphael. Rayfiel. Rafiel. Okay. Ray-fiel. Like Ray. Feel. Feel.
0: Okay. And Ray-fiel. it was always like that.
1: I it never changed.
0: And it's German. Yeah. Hmm.
1: I have accepted the pronoun pronunciation of Raphael. I don't mind it. Um
0: seriously is that not one of the pain points
1: no because I actually like how uh, <laughs> no I like how I know this is an audio medium that didn't play but did, I just touched did. my chest um and, and, I like the way Raphael sounds yeah and so I don't I don't mind it no and I do think people get so caught up and so, so what happens in that interaction is that I then have to take care of people who are worried they've said it wrong and so I right. gen- oh I'm sorry Exactly, so, oh, and then it becomes like a whole thing, and I'm like, it's it's okay. I actually don't care,
0: no, 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 it's I, I'm sorry,
1: see and <laughs> i I've got to respond to it, and I've got to make you okay. And it may not it may be okay. It may not be okay, but I'm irritated
0: right, right. It's like it's nothing you asked for. It, yeah, to carry someone through it,
1: and I do think there's something hmm. important about struggling through a name. Yeah. I think that that is okay for people to struggle through. You mean a name. with life,
0: or or for yeah, them? Or just to, with
1: names in general. Well, like not every name should be easy to pronounce. I got
0: a doozy. No one can get it.
1: You're kidding it's me. It's
0: ridiculous. <laughs> Moran, Moran, Moran. Do you really have
1: a mispronounce? Mor-
0: oh my god! And I'm I'm like, how can it be? It's spelled wow, exactly. It's like Baron with an M. Moran. So
1: when you're on the phone with, like, Time Warner. Hey,
0: Mr. Moran? Yeah. Moran?
1: See, I always say Raphael because it, it helps them wrap their mind around it.
0: <laughs> you don't have to deal with it. Wait, what? No, because <laughs> what,
1: what they when they see that PH, they want to say Raphael. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for me to then spell it once I've said Raphael. this is just
0: one of the ways you're helping people.
1: Well, the other thing is when Paul, whenever I book, I book all of our hotel reservations and all of our travel arrangements, and I always book them under my name, and I find it so satisfying when they call up and say, Mr. Raphael, (laughs) uh, your car is ready. And I just, I delight in it. I delight in it.
0: How does Paul feel about it?
1: He doesn't mind it.
0: No, Mm -mm. Paul Shear. That's your husband. Correct. I've talked to him. I know him. Pleasant man, funny. The best. Yep. But okay, so you grow up two older sisters Mm -hmm. in Rockville Center, Mm -hmm. Long Island, with parents.
1: Yes, I had them.
0: And what did what were they all about?
1: Um, I had wonderful parents and a. my mom was a New York City public school teacher. My dad really? was a union steam fitter, pipe fitter. Um,
0: what job, what, does, what is that job?
1: Yeah, so that, I was thinking about it on Labor Day yesterday. So that job is uh, handling a lot of New York City's um, radiators. Hmm. Uh, for the city? For the city, hmm. yes. Well, not always for the city. I mean, he worked on other union jobs right, too. Right, but, um so pipe fitting was really dealing with all of the piping. Wow! It's sort of affiliated it's with plumbing, plumber, but they don't right. deal with they more deal with like the air going through pipes, right? I not hope shit this is pipes, right. exactly.
0: They're they're they don't want to be mistaken it's for the never, sewage guys. Oh
1: my gosh! If you call them a shit piper, <laughs> no, they are up up in the clouds looking sure. down upon the
0: vapor pipes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a union guy.
1: Union guy from the Bronx. Solid yeah. middle class.
0: Like like Rockville Center was where they they set up shop to have a family. It was nice.
1: Yes. We mm. I would say we they bought one of they bought a fixer upper and I definitely went to school with kids who were a lot wealthier than I was. Rockville Center is a, is a fairly wealthy town. Oh, okay. And I was very much so aware of that what uh-huh. we didn't have there and the you know the socioeconomic differences in our town you
0: could feel the presence of money
1: oh yes you could feel the presence of money from afar and right. like you were just sort of watching yeah it.
0: yeah yeah but like how did you get out of it without having some sort of ridiculous new york accent or bro worked it out
1: i do have it and it does come out <sighs> when does mark co- it comes out mark moran it <laughs> comes out <laughs> does it does it comes out in anger it's when i speak to my sisters did you talk to her? Really? Oh, my oh, God. Terrible. Come on. Absolutely. Where's, where's that lady? Buried. Huh. You'd have to give me a full body massage to let
0: her, <laughs> I'd have to her out. to make you cry and get angry. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I've really done a lot of work on my voice. Too. Oh, my God. Just let me just that. share the regular one again. Oh God! Although, okay, so there are some words I really struggle with. One is, oh, I have to spell it O R A N G E. I want, I would like to say orange.
0: Orange, yeah, orange, orange, orange. That's what you would say. I would like to say that. Yeah, and what do you say? Orange. Orange.
1: I would orange? like to say. You want to say orange? I desperately, desperately, with every fiber <laughs> of my being, I would like to say pillow
0: pillow for pillow? but i do
1: say pillow i have to i that word i have to see and think p-i-l-l-o i have to oh. like look at it in my brain it's so hardwired
0: it's so crazy that you, you killed that person in you
1: she had to go why <laughs> it's one of the best accents ever uh, do you think so it's love so terrible. it terrible the long
0: island oh. accent come on
1: Oh, oh, I don't like it, I don't. I I hear it now and I'm very upset by it. I mean, my sister, who still lives on Long Island, still has hints of it, and I can.
0: Did they all try to kill it?
1: No, they both have a little, probably more than I do. What
0: about your folks?
1: Um, Well, my dad was from the Bronx, so he had a thick Bronx accent, and my mom was from Brooklyn. Uh, Mm. But they both had it.
0: Mm. God, it's so sad that you would revise history like that.
1: But that's the first thing you do when you go to acting school is try to work your accent out. Is that true? Yes. You're in I went to NYU and at the Tisch School of the Arts at the Stella Adler Conservatory of Acting, we had to take voice voice class was one of the first classes you took to yeah. make sure you you had a neutral sounding voice. They told you that? Yes.
0: That seems crazy. I've never heard of such a thing. I didn't realize that that's what happened.
1: That's absolutely what's
0: happened. That they happening. were just like blank slating you people.
1: Yeah, so that you can take on another accent. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could completely take on another accent without losing yours. No,
0: but like, but isn't, but isn't losing yours taking on another accent? Like, what are oh, you taught?
1: No, you're right. There's, it's problematic <laughs> at best. You're absolutely right. I've never investigated it. I'm just, I was uh, just happy.
0: Yeah, to be there at To pay and, for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to pay good to get, money to sound differently. If,
0: you, if, there, if the only thing you got at acting school <laughs> was rid of that monster <laughs> inside of you.
1: I think that's why they sent me there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, wait. So, did you act in the, in high school? You were, you were tall.
1: Yes, you're, and you're I've uncomfortable. Tall. Uh I
0: were you were you were you were you ostracized? Well, you were sociable, no, right? you were no, funny. No,
1: not at all. But I mean, I played basketball. I I was Jock. The, the height was put to use. Sure, I didn't have a choice. I don't think I had a choice. Um, I
0: always love those people, like those people that n- those really tall people that never touch a basketball, and you yeah. ask them if they play ball, and they're like. No. No. And it's, no. It's, it, when you run into and those it's people, it's an act of resistance. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Never. And cause I Because then they have to deal with what you do with your name, which is like, right. wait, really? You
1: never- <laughs> Why not? All the money. <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. Just, you're supposed to. Yeah, that feels against nature. Exactly. Yeah, no, I was- I enjoyed it, but I played basketball, and I mean, I, it was just hard. I mean, it was- Whatever, it wasn't that hard comparatively, but mm-hmm. it, it it was. I definitely remember towering over my teachers. Wow! Forget about the boys, just the the teachers. Are your
0: are your sisters tall as well?
1: Yes, but not as tall.
0: Hmm. Where did where did it come from? Which
1: my mom was tall. Oh, really? My dad was tall. Oh, okay. Um,
0: I don't like it. Didn't I? I you strike me as tall, but not like freakish. And
1: I don't think I am, but I think. If I if an ele- if I was an eleven year old sitting maybe here, maybe you're
0: not. I'm five eleven. I'm
1: five nine.
0: You're not, but you're. you're I don't know. I didn't. I, okay, yeah. yeah. If you were eleven, it'd be weird.
1: It would be strange.
0: Yeah, it would be.
1: And that was, I think, for young girls. That's you are perceived as a woman before you are really you are one. And so yeah. that I remember quite that's, well of just walking down the street and being so, uh, being a child and feeling like, oh wow, the world is perceiving me as a woman.
0: Yeah, is that that must be a creepy feeling?
1: Oh, terrible! <laughs> I mean, it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, people horrible.
0: Yeah, girls have it terrible because they dress up or they want to be appear as women, and then yeah. there's creepy guys going. Egh.
1: Well, I mean, I was just wearing like Umbros and T-shirts, oh. but I I'm not, I wasn't, but I was still getting attention, and I knew, you know, yeah. I knew I was not prepared for that.
0: Right. Well, okay. Uh, who is?
1: I guess no one. Well, I would like to think that I would prepare my children a little bit better.
0: What would you say to them? How, do you have a girl?
1: No, I have two boys until they tell me otherwise, yeah. but I would say yeah, there are adults who who are are going to be looking at your body in a different way and you have agency over it and hmm. um I don't care who that adult is, but you you can tell people you don't want to be touched and Right. Um you don't want to be looked at, and yeah, I think I would try to. Pre- I think I absolutely would try to, especially well, yeah, a girl. Well, the touching prepare. thing, obviously, but the like, touching thing, obviously, but especially with a girl at ten or eleven. Right. Yeah, I think I would have that conversation. Like,
0: uh, like they're going to start looking at you weird.
1: Yeah, and you're a child, and you're, and you're <laughs> and not going to forget it.
0: Yeah, and you're not going to know what it's about. Yes. And we'll discuss that later. Yes. But for now, don't respond to
1: yeah, it. Yeah, keep your head down.
0: <laughs> you're invisible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it work for me. But uh all right, so then you didn't know acting in the high schools?
1: I did the plays in high school and I loved it. Singing? But it was Any also singing? I know I'm not a singer, which when you're doing high school theater like that that hurts.
0: Yes you your got, chances. Yes. Yeah, because yeah.
1: there was a fall play and a, a spring musical yeah, and right. I just couldn't do one. Right. You know, I was the star of the fall plays and then the musicals I was like, you know. Yeah retail shop gonna, owner number three yeah, like yeah. whatever i was townsperson right. so yeah. i loved that whole what i loved about theater in high school is just there's it's so inclusive and yeah. just kind of like we'll take all we'll take everybody oh yeah yeah we'll take everyone the
0: theater the theater club theater kids yeah like, theater i just kids. love yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah it's nice it's, a, it's i so think nice. they turn out to be pretty good people most of them
1: yeah I and mean, it was just fun
0: what made you decide you wanted to commit your life to it
1: Oh, because uh, I loved it so much. That was it? Yeah. I loved it so much and I didn't want to do anything else.
0: And you did, you have to, Did what? were your parents like, okay, no problem?
1: My parents were com- incredibly supportive. Um, I don't know why or how. It's actually one thing I regret not being able to talk to them about since they've passed away. Like I, having children now, I'm like, wow, that must be terrifying to see your child pursue.
0: Something so scary. Something
1: and- so scary and yeah.
0: And like without any security whatsoever? That's insane. Seemingly crazy. Yeah. Nothing you can do to stop them. Nothing you can do to stop them. I'm just you. like,
1: will they will they survive? Like how are they planning on surviving in this world? It seems so scary to I me. I
0: know. It's true. I guess I don't know that I've ever fully um, executed the empathy to really see it that way from my parents' point of view. I think they were kind of self involved. But they must have been worried.
1: It's terrifying. Your child is going into the most competitive career. Well, I I mean, think, but career isn't part of the
0: terrifying thing, coffee. this is her like, she's going to be back home and we're going to have to...
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm like, I... I well, I'm also in a different stage with children, but I love them so much. Like I'd like to them to live with me forever, and right, 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 and us to to be a very strange family. And right. y- you know, I, I so have my no son, problem. He's Forty, yeah, and, uh... and we're married now. You know? <laughs> 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 Paul's passed on, and now we're together. It just seemed to make sense. Um, yeah. He's in
0: the house, and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just I don't see that as a burden. I'm like, oh, I think that's so not. I would love that, yeah. um, but but. I mean, I also have thoughts on like why we no longer have intergenerational homes and I think how that's negatively impacted so many people, but um, specifically you Do you have thoughts women, about those? Well, yeah, I think we used to. What do you mean, like having the
0: grandparents in the having house? Having grandparents in the mm. house,
1: having caretakers in the house, being able to take care of the elderly in right. the home, just that, having right. more. Hospital uh, bed in the living room. Act, potentially, mm-hmm. having more access to that like village of support. Did you grow up with that? I didn't. I mean, I grew up with, I mean, we went to go see my grandfather every weekend, but he was in a nursing home. Right. Um. But I I do believe that we, uh, we're suffering under this new model, which is we're all in our separate little houses. The generations are kept separately. Um, I nobody, don't necessarily think it's working.
0: Right, people th- don't even think twice. They don't even think to put their parents in the house. Anymore. They don't
1: think to put their parents in the house. And I also think that... Because aging and death mm. and mortality is so scary to look at that keeping it away and sanitized, I think the psychological impact that has on people people in their middle age where we we don't have to look at it because we can keep them somewhere else.
0: So we don't have a realistic sense of it. Yeah. We
1: don't have a realistic, realistic sense of it coming for us.
0: Right. And we believe vitamins work.
1: Right. We're doing all these other (laughs) things. And then also I think we're not, our values are misplaced. Mm. So I actually think there, it negatively impacts us for, and certainly elderly people, um, in major ways.
0: Well, there's such um, there's such great sort of emotional and historical and human resources that we, you know, that I think culturally we tend to neglect now. That there's no passing on of sure. whatever that wisdom is the humanity. Oh,
1: absolutely. Of it. I mean, capitalism <laughs> has. I mean, once people are no longer able to produce, yeah, we have no use for them. Mm. And I think the elderly are a perfect example of that. We we say we value children, we say we value old people, and I don't think our society actually does because they cannot uh, be a part of the workforce.
0: Right, and also I think people have gotten very self-involved. Mm-hmm. That just by just by their day-to-day, the sort of complexities of modern life and the expectations of technology have sort of I uh, kind of eradicated parts of the of the heart and the emotional Absolutely. sensibility that used to be second nature.
1: Yes, and I think you're right about also not passing on verbal oral stories and traditions yeah. and getting a sense of um history and getting a sense of things passing sure. and and people aging. Yeah. Um I think that that's troubling.
0: It is. And so what are you going to do? <laughs>
1: Well, I don't have. Well, I. What am I going to do? I. I mean,
0: it's one of those things. That, well, I mean, we can. We. I mean, I know you're. You're very active, and I want to um, sort of move through, like some of the stuff that's in the the book, because I. I, this, I guess it's I,
1: related to the book in a way. I it mean, is. I also. I, okay, so my my big. Not that this is my personal thesis, but yeah. I do feel like caretaking is undervalued, yeah. and so much of it is not paid. Right. So. The caretaking I do for my small children is not paid. The caretaking I did for my elderly father was not paid at the end of his life. And you took care of your dad? Along with my sisters yeah. and and his, uh, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, we all did. I don't think I did more. Right. M- In fact, his primary caretaker was really his fiance and his mm-hmm. girlfriend. But um, I think... Until we can have a conversation for women, especially, on who's doing that work, Mm -hmm. what is the value of it? Um, And it also, to me, this extends to domestic workers, too, and and the people who come into my home and my nanny who comes into my home to take care of my children and valuing and respecting that job, a job, and also the domestic workers who take care of elderly people and and, Invalids. That work is also undervalued,
0: and it's a huge. Not only is it a huge business, yeah. but it's a necessary thing. Yeah. Like, and now with the boomers all They're creeping all towards it,
1: but we're going to be my generation is right in the middle. Yep,
0: is one of the biggest sort of yep. health industries around.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because it's but required. We, yes, but we also, I believe. That these workers are underpaid, sure, and undervalued.
0: Yeah, of course. Um,
1: when they're doing,
0: and a lot of old people are mean.
1: Sure, <laughs> yes, it's very hard work. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing people don't realize about what, coming into a domestic environment is there's it's not like there's an HR department. No. Do you know what I mean? No, you yeah. you are interfacing with, with
0: years of God knows God what. God
1: knows what. <laughs> <laughs> and to, you're in a home setting. It's yeah. not a professional setting as as you mm-hmm. or I might understand it. Right. And so I do think professionalizing it is incredibly important yeah. for the safety of workers. Sure. Um, and also for the value of the work that they do and provide.
0: No kidding. Yeah. I And well, my brother wants to get involved in the field somehow. Like, you know, he wants to get involved with home care. And there's a lot of stuff going on with it. Yeah. That's sort of interesting. But yeah. I do think it, 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 that, that those people are probably underappreciated,
1: Yeah, but I also think this extends to just sanitizing death in general and all, and, and the way I know. We sort of grieve and, and how we process death and how not, we process bodies and all of it.: I'm not I, good at it.: Well, it's very hard. are you? I don't think I don't I don't don't, don't necessarily want to be good at it. I've grieved. I've grieved the loss of my mother suddenly. I grieved the loss of my father after a long illness. So I've had sort of both a living grief and then also a very sudden traumatic one. Right. I guess I'm just curious about how we want to be comfortable around it, and we. We do that by kind of denying it, denying like actually seeing bodies, and also talking about it and being with it. And yeah,
0: I think that's true. I I I deal with it myself now in my head. Yeah. Well, just sort of like because my parents are still alive, and yeah, I've I've lost quite a few friends or people I've Mm -hmm. known, but I'm I'm still a little weird with it. I, I was my mother's weird with it. And everyone's been weird with it,
1: yeah, I think just, most people are
0: they just want to keep it away, yes, keep yes. that fucking death away
1: right right it's, and it and yes. it's
0: it fucks everything up because it is really the, one of the only inevitable things that we're all going we're to heading, experience
1: hurtling toward it, yeah, in this moment,
0: yeah, I'm mean, hurtling i mean that's not that <laughs> not that fast not...
1: we're heading there, sure, we're closer well, to it now than I was when I pulled up,
0: okay, <laughs> that's fine, so again, this is probably a depression problem that you're
1: <laughs> no and i think that's the interesting thing i actually feel like i have a much greater capacity for joy and happiness do you yes thousand percent because, because of
0: you've, you've dealt with the grief and the, you understand I mean, i'm
1: mean, i dealing with it i yeah. don't i don't see it as something and i think this is can be some of the misconceptions everybody has a different experience but for me i'm like i, I think the desire is like oh you did that like that That was that time, and then you figured that out and dealt with it, and now you moved forward. Yeah, and the truth is, it's with me every day. Sure, it's a part of every decision I make, and it's it's
0: and the inevitability of it. Yeah, I I see. See, this is like this is the thing I'm playing with in my brain. Is that I think if people had a like if they weren't prone towards magical thinking and denial and terror Mm -hmm. of death that if there was a reasonable way for human beings, given that they have consciousness, to just really truly accept it Mm -hmm. as just what happens, Mm -hmm. that we'd all be better.
1: I agree. (laughs) I agree. But
0: it's a tall order. You can do it intellectually. Like, I can sit here and look at you and go like, yeah, I'm going to die. I mean, you know, I just hope it happens quick. (laughs) Yeah. Fine, yeah, but like, I, I know those things are true, but in my heart, it's sort of like, if I really get to thinking about it, like yeah. if I'm laying in my bed, like is it just nothing? Is it just nothing? Yeah. Is it just like I'm here now and then? It's like Gone. not yeah. nothing. Do you do that game? That's a yeah, fun game, of to
1: course. Play. But I mean, I also think like it is. Ter- it will be terrifying, no matter how much work one does around it.
0: Might be easy.
1: Yeah, but I-, I don't if know. Ha- if
0: you don't know, it's coming.
1: That is a blessing. I do think it is a blessing.
0: For sure. Um,
1: well, but I guess that's what I'm saying, though, about the sort of fear of aging and yeah. and also putting old people in places that are easier for us to, like, contain them and yeah. to contain aging because we don't want to look at it. Such a, um, and we don't want such to look at the body off. failing.
0: What a ripoff, man. You go through your whole fucking amazing life, and then your family just puts you in this place yeah. with strangers? Like, you maybe you couldn't get along with people your whole fucking life, and there you go. There you go. You're in a room with that guy. I know.
1: <laughs> Work it out. <laughs> Work it out. We'll be back in a week.
0: <laughs> You'll like it. Yeah. That's your payoff? If, for making it that long? I know. I, I don't want to be glib about it, because I know a lot of people don't have choices around that stuff, and you know, you got to do what you got to do. But... It just seems to me that the entire undertaking, this isn't another problem. Yeah. This is getting heavy.
1: I'm ready for
0: it. Is like, is it, what is the fucking payoff?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be that old, but I do think that the elderly have a lot to offer. Um, For sure. I think personally, I'm so obsessed with. I think I'm a very vain person, I'm obsessed with how I look, I'm very aware of that, I think I spend a lot of time on it. I think there might be something really freeing about letting that go.
0: You can do it any time.
1: Not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not with this book coming out in the national press, I have to do, it's not a good time for that, Mark.
0: (laughs) No good time to just let the hair go and no makeup? No, no,
1: no, no, that's (laughs) not today, that's not today. It never feels like the right day. And by the way, I respect those choices. Well, okay, let me be clear. I don't know
0: what my mother's real hair color is. I don't know I, didn't,
1: I, do. I never knew what my mother's real hair color no was. No idea. Yep.
0: I know what she, it, I don't it probably think is now.
1: Knew. What is it now?
0: It's got to be gray. Oh, okay. It's blonde.
1: Well, that's a big decision that women make. Uh, so Paul's mother, in not his mother, his um, stepmother, yeah. just went gray, and that's a big that's a big thing not for in women. Ca-
0: not in Canada,
1: everybody's gray.
0: Well, gray in Canada, it's perfectly normal and nice looking.
1: Oh, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think a chic gray bob,
0: right, looks right, great, right. Just not you. You're against a not, kind of messy gray. <laughs> I'm
1: not against it at all. Again, I don't have the courage. <laughs> you but you, you, know, know. you don't have
0: to do it yet. You're young.
1: Well, here's the thing. I also enjoy. Uh, I enjoy makeup. I enjoy all of the sort of trappings and, and prison of my own making. There, mm. so it's complicated.
0: No, I understand. So, outside of the activism right now, this is something you sort of evolved into. Like you, yeah, you've done a lot of like stuff. You were like the, you started where UCB right? You were UCB mm-hmm. born like or Tisch school. I started Adler.
1: at I started at Adler and Tisch and then
0: Adler Tisch is that different than is that the acting program or was that a separate? So Adler's
1: so more, t- is that
0: sort of like the Green Berets? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Tisch has the yeah. drama department and then I think they yeah, right. I, I actually have no idea what it's they like have the now. But they like forces, four
0: the Adler. <laughs> You got to really. So sad.
1: Adler was known for, like, the different acting students were in different studios, and Adler students were Uh known as like bringing a lot of props. For their scene work.
0: No kidding. That was was their reputation? That was our
1: signature. Here she comes with the
0: cello. For
1: whatever reason, we would have to set up scenes and bring, I mean, I remember bringing like a desk from my (laughs) dorm room, like, what was I doing to set the scene? We were all about like, you have to have all of the stuff.
0: That was an instruction?
1: Yes, for our scene study classes when we were doing. They're going to steal your way Uncle of Vanya. talking
0: and make you bring desks.
1: <laughs> and make you bring furniture. This
0: sounds, this sounds fishy.
1: Yeah.
0: This was 75 the method. Five
1: grand a year.
0: This was the method.
1: It was a part of it, which now seems insane. Like we couldn't imagine that those things were there.
0: Well, no, it's nice to have them. But you would have thought they'd have them around the theater. Yeah, no. Like available. No, like a desk. People like people bringing in general. lamps. They didn't have fucking <laughs> lamps and
1: chairs. And a desk or two, a couch. No, it wasn't like scene study. Maybe there was one couch that was used for like cross-period scenes.
0: Mm. All right, and that was a two-year thing.
1: That was four years.
0: Four years of bringing your own desk.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it sounds insane. I mean, I remember because Casey and I (laughs) on September 11th, I was at NYU. I think we were in our our last year there. We must have been in our last year. Yeah. And um, we had, we got into the Tish like, showcase where agents were coming.
0: Oh, yeah, those.
1: And I had an internship, and I was in the subway when, well, let me be clear. Yeah. I was, when I got out of the subway on 57th Street, I heard that a plane had crashed into the Uh, building. And I was carrying all of our props. So I think I had with me, like, a lamp and, like, an ottoman. Like, I was carrying, (laughs) and then I... Once we everybody realized what was happening, I, I had to get to this, my boss's apartment on the Upper West Side, who very kindly let me stay there. Because
0: while well, your house was downtown?
1: We lived in Brooklyn, so we oh, couldn't even get couldn't, there. Oh, right, right. Um, and I just remember carrying like all of our props through oh, Central Park. The worst day. Oh, my God, the worst day. And at that time, thinking w- we're under attack. like At any moment, another plane will fall out of the sky. Yeah.
0: And, but and you've I'm got your all the props going,
1: <laughs> for dear life.
0: Did you did you create some sense memories <laughs> okay.
1: Maybe that's what's right there.
0: Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe right? that's why you're crying during massage. Probably because, like you, you, that day you you couldn't be as present as you wanted to be.
1: That's probably right, Mark.
0: Because you were worried about the props.
1: Yeah, and why mm. was I still? Why wouldn't I have abandoned them?
0: We probably they were probably things you wanted. You I liked think
1: they them. were NYU property.
0: Oh, they were. <laughs> They were dorm room props. I think so. But no, they couldn't be. You were living in Brooklyn.
1: Oh yeah, I guess we were in an apartment then. Oh my god, I don't know. really they schlepping mine. shit. Oh yeah, we would schlep shit all over town.
0: So you did four years of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How'd it go for the the showcase?
1: Not well. We didn't get it. Well, we didn't get into the showcase. And when we auditioned for it, we had to. I think we did two scenes. One from that Diana Sun play, yeah. and then. When we changed, we had to change into another costume and come back for the other scene. And when we left, I remember staring at Casey and like her, her fly was open, just open. Yeah. And then her blouse was like completely mismatched. And I knew we were in trouble, that we had not <laughs> presented our best selves. Um, it was very hard. I mean, the, it was, v- it was but, a very
0: competitive. But you did it together?
1: Yeah, we did it together.
0: With the two, like you, you were a team in college?
1: We weren't a team in college, but we were very. We were best friends, and so we were very. So you were connected. there together,
0: but you, but you didn't. You didn't do your. You did scenes
1: together. Yes, we did a scene because we were trying to get into this showcase, and you could do scenes with somebody. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay, all right, and you just knew in your guts. Yeah, I knew. It wasn't, good, your it wasn't. It wasn't your night. Wasn't. No. Wasn't your night. So you graduated without representation.
1: Without representation, and then we started. It was really Casey who found UCB, and
0: was this the old one, the original one down in the 20s, 23rd? This right? is the
1: one, yeah, under Garcias. Um, oh and no, that's a different one. That oh, was yeah. the second one. Right, we second weren't one. at the first one. Um, and we started writing a sketch show before we found UCB, and somehow, some way, because I had never taken a class there. Yeah. We got the Thursday night 8 p.m. slot to do mm-hmm. our sketch show. And there. That's big deal. Uh, yeah, it was a really big deal because we weren't like homegrown,
0: right? Okay. So
1: it was a very big deal for Outsiders. us to have that show. Yeah, and then from there we started taking classes. Yeah. So it was just a strange way in.
0: And you went through the whole the whole process. Went through the
1: whole thing. We went to the Aspen Comedy Arts Festival.
0: Oh, what year? I Must think it been was towards the, last the end year. Yeah.
1: Maybe second to last year.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. What came out of that?
1: Well, we got agents mm. and. We started writing. Still with the same agent? No kidding. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. Good for you.
1: Yeah. And yeah, that was the beginning of all of it. I mean, it was interesting because at the time, you know, we only wanted to have the sketch show to feature ourselves as performers Mm. and actors and just get acting agents. Right. We were pursued only by the lit agents of all the big agencies, which I remember taking as a huge insult.
0: It's actually a compliment.
1: I know, but at the time I was <laughs> yeah, like, "We're not attractive yeah. enough. Like, oh, we've got to accept God. it. We have to accept it, Casey. Like oh, we're not man. attractive enough to be actors, and we are being told that."
0: No, oh, that's what devastating. You said. Oh, we were. You guys really we are were
1: devastated. You were,
0: really are like the characters and asked backwards on some level.
1: At that time, we were. That was autobiographical. <laughs> we were so upset, and now, of course, I'm like, oh, "That was so insane." But
0: what was that? But that movie, like, were those characters that you had created? Were those existing characters? Uh no. No.
1: They were sort of based on our time in our twenties and just what we were up to in, in the East Village of New York. But okay. they weren't, yeah. Yeah. They weren't like characters we did in our show. Oh, they anything.
0: weren't. But that experience of making like, you know, after I mean, you've done you did a lot of stuff. You you seem to work a lot. You're one of the cool kids. What'd you do in Zodiac?
1: I played Mark Ruffalo's wife.
0: Oh, I got to see that again.
1: Mm-hmm. Very small role. Oh, it was? hmm
0: Was that fun, though? Dark Fincher? Do you have was to do the a million first, takes?
1: Yes. And it was the first job I ever had. <laughs> have, you I just about, thought, like, have you
0: talked about this on your show? A, the number of takes you did with I Fincher? I I have,
1: actually. So you did a
0: little? I little- mean, I
1: love him so much, and he was so kind. He was actually so kind to me.
0: David Fincher. Yes.
1: I just didn't. That was the first professional job I ever had in front of a camera. Uh-huh. And I was doing 40 takes. Minimum.
0: Do you know I did two hours with him in the garage and he wanted to do it again? <laughs> so we haven't released it. I have a David Fincher interview in the oh can because he wasn't happy with it.
1: That's crazy. I mean, that all lines up. <laughs> wow.
0: But you had a good experience, huh?
1: Uh, no, I remember finishing and thinking like I don't want to be an actor, I guess. I or I don't want to do film, like this I yeah. thought that's what it was. Yeah. Um it's kind of to weird, To do a right? movie. Yeah.
0: It's like stifling. Cause you Listen, kind of...
1: I love his movies. I think he's no, no, a genius. Just I just, talking... I was so paralyzed by it.
0: I'm just thinking. I'm just talking camera work in general. It is yeah. disillusioning. You know, yeah. the, there's sort of the continuity of doing the work. It's where you really realize, like, you know, your romantic idea that you come into it with when you do plays or whatever, or whatever you think being yeah. a star is going to be. It becomes a job real quick.
1: Yeah, real fast. <laughs>
0: you know fast. what I mean? Like, are we going to yeah. do that again? Oh, yeah. really? That was so good. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time they go, that's it. That's a. That's, that's good. Well, that's yeah. a take. And you're like, that was the worst one.
1: I know, um, and nine. then also I st- I really struggle with just like the big vacuous lens and just feeling comfortable with that.
0: What, just a camera? You mean? Yeah, yeah. I never know. I'm now I'm not real good at knowing what camera's mine or whether it's on me.
1: Oh, I ask immediately. It's the first thing I ask.
0: I know. I should do it more, but I think mm-hmm. I always give it my all every time. I'm be- I'm better I, now. I do with, not. Oh, I I know. <laughs> I know, when, really I I know when I know when they're
1: doing. I, what I know I when they're
0: doing my coverage. I, I know. Okay, I'm yeah. not dumb. I'm not I mean,
1: dumb. The, and the reason why I do ask sometimes though is because if I want to improvise or find something that I know is going to screw someone else up, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do it in someone else's take. Right. Like I can use that editing brain of like, oh, they'll never use that there. Right, right, so, yeah. Right. You know, I don't want to mess up their their side of it.
0: Right. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's like it's a tricky business.
1: It is. It's so technical. I think so. People don't understand. It is so. It's such technical work.
0: Yeah, when you start to do take after for take, and you're like, what was going? What was wrong with that one? We had a lighting thing. Like, what does that mean? What
1: does it mean? How could you have a lighting? thing? I never it's believe a- them when they say that. <laughs>
0: I, I should stop believing.
1: I think they're just saying it to protect. Oh man, protect us. So, what was the
0: big? like moving out of so you met Paul there uh-huh. at um uprights and you guys fell in love mhm that's nice what are you doing yeah, best how did it happen
1: well we were both dating other people we have both just come out of long relationships and
0: you were dating other people or you were coming out of a relationship
1: both we were both heartbroken from very long oh, so And you were just in the and then process we were just of dating. using
0: people to feel better. That's
1: correct. Okay. I mean, we. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Um,
0: That's fine. It's the way it goes. It is. I've been using I've You know what used. I mean? Like, we've yeah, all used you're. And we've been used. Absolutely. Okay.
1: It, is, it really is okay. It's hard. It's hard being a person. Um, it is. So. We were just friends and he was giving me and Casey notes on our sketch show. Mm-hmm. Owen Burke, who was the artistic director of the theater at the time, yeah. said you should bring in Paul. He'll give you some feedback. I mean, we had come from NYU, so all of our sketches were like 20 minutes long. Right. You know, we'd written all these one-act plays and sure. he was like, they cannot be longer than three minutes. And so <laughs> we were, I, I'd never written a sketch before. So Paul just gave us notes. Yeah. I don't think we took any of them, but we... Became friendly after that. And then we would just hang out all the time. I mean, it's a real, like, friendship turning into Uh, something after probably about six months. That's nice. Yeah.
0: And it stuck.
1: It did. And it's been how many years? So... This October, we'll have been married for 10 years, but together for almost 15. That's
0: a big one. What is that one like? The paper one, or what's the 10? Ten- I, mean, I don't know. i don't know, I you don't know subscribe to it. I don't know. Yeah. Either. Well, you subscribe to 10. That's a real number.
1: That's a real number, yeah.
0: And you have kids who are how old?
1: Five and three.
0: Oh, so they're, kind of, they're less than They don't require the full-on baby stuff anymore?
1: No, but it's Three's young. Three's still young, and and there's a different level of engagement now. It's they're people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm the steward of your childhood. Like yeah. you are having memories, and right, and their personalities. Now, how's the
0: personalities turning out?
1: Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a can
0: you, like. The, can you see a sense of humor and like you know? Yeah,
1: totally. Is... I mean, the oldest is much more internal and much more sensitive. He's five. And, Yeah, and feels very deeply and is like connected to what other people are experiencing. Yeah. And the younger one just like. Is all physicality and like
0: uh, yeah. physical
1: instinct and yeah. eating and wants to touch soft things and just is of the body That's so funny. much That's you funny. know
0: my cousin's got a pair like that two yeah. boys, one sort of sensitive artistic, yeah. the others are just a brute
1: yes, it's amazing <laughs> to see
0: <laughs> two profoundly uh the, the 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 two sides of the male archetype Yes. represented
1: yeah it's in your house,
0: but you still work a lot.
1: Yes. Do you think I would stop working because I had children?
0: No, no, no. It just sounds like a lot of work.
1: Oh, yeah. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know if I was trying to imply that. Let me try to I wonder.
1: The only thing I would ask you is, would you ask a man the same thing? Are you still working with young children? Because I do think I get the question a lot when Paul and I are out together. Like Just reporters will ask me. Where are the kids? You know, they'll never ask him questions like that. So I do think there's a lot of assumptions about women and mothering, where we we want them to be working, but we're concerned.
0: I guess I, I think it was more like who chooses to do what. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think people make like some people like I don't like know where you're at with that. I don't think I was trying to suppose that you shouldn't be working, but some people choose to, to mm-hmm. do like something with their kids. I don't know how people handle kids. I don't have any.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I do choose to be with them um, a lot and I it's very challenging. Yeah. And I think most, most, I think the troubling thing is like a lot of women are in this position where you're kind of apologizing for working and then sure. also apologizing for, for spending time with your kids. So you're not, there's not a lot of Understanding and support for I mean, I even have trouble with the term working mother. Yeah. As though mothers who stay at home aren't working. I mean, they're doing harder work than I'm oh doing, my certainly. God. I but imagine. I can't imagine it and I I don't want to do it. Right. But it weighs on me every day. That I think it's sort of a tension I just live with, which is how and also like trying to kind of investigate my own ideas of Time and like does is valuable time spending like eight hours a day with them. I don't. I don't know because I don't think I'm offering them the best of myself.
0: Yeah, I don't think my parents are around much at all.
1: I mean, I had two working parents. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right, exactly. And we are okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why people ask that question. It's a little weird because like I like my parents. My dad was certainly never around, and I think my mom really tried to keep herself busy.
1: (laughs) Did she not work outside the home?
0: What was she doing? She's used to substitute teach. She didn't really, mm. really engage in, in real jobs until after, until I got older. Yeah. Until they got divorced, I think. So she was around, but, you know, not hanging out with us that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she was up to.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I think that's probably, I would have a hard time being with my kids yeah. every second of the day. That's not something I want to do. No, of course I don't not. think that's the best thing for them. Who either. the fuck
0: would want to do that? Yeah. It makes it inappropriate. My mother—I was my mother was around a lot when I was three, but when, by the time you're like eight, it's like, yeah, oh my god, we can destroy them. Yeah, I fully yeah. support your your need and desire to not spend time with your children.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm passionate about it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think
0: it's a great cause. I think more mothers should just not spend time with their kids. But now this like this Grace and Frankie thing has gone on a while,
1: yeah, we're in our well season is six is coming wow. out, and we'll start shooting.
0: They're just gonna Actually. keep going, huh, yeah, well, I
1: don't that's know that's amazing,
0: that. congratulations, thank you, I mean, it's like I can't imagine what 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 that whole feeling must be to work with those particular women.
1: It's amazing, I <laughs> It's I mean, crazy. I
0: I've talked to Jane Fonda. Lil, Lily apparently doesn't like to do these things alone. So,
1: Did Lily do it with Jane? No. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, that they, they
0: was offered. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't, I, I don't want, it wouldn't be fair to either of them yeah, or me. Yeah, I understand me. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand it's easier.
1: Yes. Always but Jane easier was easier to have a friend.
0: Yeah, kind of. But like, it, it gets a little weird if you want to ask, like, okay, this is for Jane. You you know yeah. what I mean?
1: You be silent.
0: Yep. Jane and I had great, uh, that was a great time She's for me. was incredible. Yeah. And Lily, I think, would also have a nice time, but I don't know why she wouldn't do it. I'm, you know, it's okay. Yeah. But what have you, like in terms of like coming into this, after having a certain amount of experience yourself in doing television of different sorts, what What are you, what are you taking away from working with these two particularly amazing women?
1: Um, a lot. I feel, well, f- I think they've really taught me to be a lot braver as a performer. And oh just, yeah? Yeah, definitely, and to not be afraid, to stop worrying about doing it right, or pleasing the director, that mm. for me, that was a really hard like muscle to get rid of. The idea of like, oh, I want to be right, I want to be a good student here, right. I want to yeah. do the right thing yeah. for th- for the people who need it to be right. right. You know, I think they're both so comfortable in failing, right? And that has been the biggest lesson for me. Of like, oh, it doesn't have to be right. I'm on. I should be failing actually every day here,
0: right? Oh, just taking chances. Yeah. And also, they've got nothing to fucking lose.
1: <laughs> it's extracurricular for <laughs> yeah. them at yeah. this point. I mean, they're literally doing it because they want to.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, which for me has been so amazing to be around I uh-huh. feel like on other things I've worked on just talking to actors and stuff everyone's kind of listening to what other people are auditioning for or getting or what's going on and on, on Grace and Frankie like they're they're there yeah you know they're so right. fully like there
0: right yeah this is the thing that's yeah, going on it's yeah. not
1: outside of here yeah you know what I mean yeah and, and it's so refreshing and it's the way I want to work from here on out and it's amazing.
0: And when you go out into the world, you have a, ni- a lot of nice, like middle to older ladies that are like, "There's that lovely lady from
1: the yes, show." Yes, I have. Yes, totally. But <laughs> but I, people have a love hate relationship with my character, so they love her. Yeah. But they're also, you know, like, why are you so mean? You're such a bitch. Yeah. Like, t- you know. So so, it's both. I get both things. But yeah, the fan base is crazy for the show, and it's not just older women, I've been shocked at how many 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds watch the show. That's great. Yeah, they love it.
0: But It also speaks a little bit to what we're talking about in terms of the elderly.
1: Yes. Great Absolutely. examples. Great examples and examples of like... Um, see, that's why I think Grace and Frankie, in its own way, it doesn't get like the critical love. It doesn't get all of the sort of zeitgeisty stuff. No. But I do think in its own, well, it has a huge viewership, but in its own way, it's actually very quietly subversive and is presenting another option for aging mm-hmm. that looks different, that's outside of a nuclear family, that's outside of like a traditional partner, that's two friends living together, taking care of each other. Yeah. Um. And are sexual and are angry and are all the same are, are every emotion. Yeah, you know? they're
0: they're they're like they're there's they're fully rounded uh, humans, totally. these older people. Yes.
1: And, and but since the Golden Girls, mm. I mean that hasn't really That's true. they've yeah. been a punchline, but they haven't been real characters.
0: Right. I think the Kaminsky method's trying to do that yeah, too. Yeah, I with haven't the men. seen it.
1: Well
0: it's, you know, it's a little sticky, but it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's Alan Arkin and Mike Douglas. Oh, what yeah. could be yeah, yeah I mean what I watched yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you guys should do a crossover episode. Oh my god. That
1: would be incredible. It'd be kind
0: of <laughs> it would be kinda hilarious.
1: They just meet. Yeah. But that's a
0: steady gig and that's great. Do you do the podcast? Is that weekly?
1: Oh no. We all, I mean How did this get me? Yeah, how did this get me? We do once a month. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's a fun thing.
1: That's just a fun thing.
0: Hmm. But uh, my, my uh, producer, Brendan, listens to it regularly and he said that, you know, you, over the last couple of years, you've, you, he, she, he can feel the the sort of uh, the pull of, of politics and doing the right thing.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Which would,
0: uh-huh, where you just sort of like, and it's like, oh, Jen seems to be
1: you know, talking about yeah. some real shit over there. Well, as the only woman on the show, there are uh-huh. times where I actually don't feel like it, but I then feel sort of I must address right. some of, you know, and- Um, and yeah, certainly I, I, I don't think, I mean, what, what choice do we have but to address? Well, that's
0: but that, well, I know that's the thing though. Like it's a weird thing that I've been experiencing on stage and certainly on this show, which I, you know, I used to do politics when I was younger. I mean, I did talk radio for fuck's sake uh, for, you know, lefty talk radio. And we made a decision coming into this show to not do that, to make it more existential Mm -hmm. and make it more about human stuff. But then it just got to a point where, like, you almost feel shitty for being entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like, in a way, it's sort of like our job is to entertain. But it's like there's part of me that's sort of like, haven't we been entertained enough? Yeah. Isn't isn't entertainment time over? (laughs) Isn't the puppet show
1: done now? Yeah, recess is done. Let's get back in there. (laughs) Yeah, I totally understand that. Well,
0: I mean, I assume that's where this book came from.
1: Yeah, although I think the book is funny too. I mean, I don't see the book. I think the book is taking a pretty dry subject, which is running for office. Represent
0: and how- the woman's guide to running for office and changing the world. I mean, it's 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 that that's, it seems real.
1: Yes, it is totally real, and it's tangible, and it's like factual, and it's something you can kind of sink your teeth into.
0: Were you brought in for to be the funny person?
1: Um. No, the book oh. was my idea, but uh-huh. I brought um, Kate Black in from, she was working on Emily's List at the time. And I mean, originally I was just going to say, I was just calling to say, you should do this book. Right. This is a book idea.
0: Personal um, stories, ways to get involved. Like these are like, I think very few people, men and women know the, the sort of way in or the import of their civic duty.
1: Well, and I believe that that's intentionally so. I mean, we don't really teach civics anymore.
0: I, yeah, of course it's intentional, but by the wrong people. But of course, yeah.
1: There is a sense that there's a luxury to leading that you have to be all these things, you have to have all this money, and you have to have degrees until you could possibly no. You just have to be a way. corrupt
0: piece of shit that is willing to well, sell your soul. That, that's the other thing. Like, I
1: do think <laughs> that a representative government is a better idea. Sure. You know, I just believe that, and I also think. We shouldn't keep this process away from people. There's nothing There's actually nothing mysterious about it.
0: Right, but it's it was always a matter of the interest level. I mean, it's like you. It takes you. I guess what you're saying, on one side of it, that you have to be qualified. But I think more of the problem is, is like, you know, don't you have higher aspirations? Mm. You know, than to, to be a fucking congressperson. Like I, I think that's part of the brain. That's the worst part. It's not like I'm not qualified to do it. It's sort of like I'm gonna sit in those meetings. All day long. I'm gonna listen to like you know people complain about their their buildings and you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I mean it takes. It's a duty that you have yeah. to believe in and want to yeah. do more than anything else, which I think is probably the bigger obstacle than feeling qualified. Well, it's
1: interesting because women have also have different obstacles and different uh-huh. barriers, and for there are ex- like very real external barriers. They have a harder time fundraising. They have a harder time like fundraising early, which can then really negatively oh, impact oh, them. Right. So that's just real, and those that's just data Practical. in the book, yeah. Right. But then there are the internal struggles of not feeling qualified. And Mm. men usually feeling qualified, even the men who don't necessarily feel qualified, and this is data in the book, would even consider it. Whereas women who are overqualified don't think they are at all. So there are those internal struggles that are gendered and are specific. Women need to be recruited. Also, men usually do run for office for... Uh, career reasons as a step in their career where most women run... Because
0: they've had enough.
1: Because they've seen a problem and they want to fix it. (laughs) So, like, we should actually... We should really be encouraging women to run.
0: No, absolutely. You
1: know, because they're more prone to run for reasons that I think we would want them to run for.
0: Because they believe in the system and then they make change. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think that... And I
1: don't want to fall into, like, an essentialist trap because there are women leaders who... Who who don't advocate on behalf of women and children and and so so that's also true, Um, but I absolutely believe that a representative government's a better idea than what than the one we have.
0: What do we have?
1: We have a government that's majority white men.
0: Oh, okay. Representative. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. not saying dem- democracy. You're saying no. We okay. do have
1: a democracy. Okay.
0: But, but right, it's not. Yeah. Doesn't represent the numbers of yeah. the pe- right. It's not equal representation. Yes. Got it. Right. I I, I agree with that. And I, I. But I do still think like you know like even me. I think like you know who, like when people who would want to fucking do that Just
1: job do the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Why don't you? I I very well may. I think you should. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely open to it. Like That's what, sort of in the spirit of inquiry why I wrote the book cuz well, I was what, just like, "Oh, what after where would the you election?" Start, do you think? I don't know. Um probably what you? locally. Mm. I mean, there's a homelessness in LA really interests interests me. Um there's a lot that I've feel passionately about, Uh, so. Oh my God, the
0: heartbreak involved in being ideologically progressive to fight (laughs) those fights, you know, like, and listen to me, I'm like, I'm not, like, I can talk, but the nuts and bolts of, like, you know, fighting those fights in within the government, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you know, you gotta have some steam, man.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's, like, also a tension in the book, which is how do you dismantle these systems, are you better off from the inside or the outside? Because mm. there are a lot of fucked up systems in place, you know, campaigning, money, all of it.
0: Yeah, a, a can you be of more help? You mean? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm being so cynical. I think there's hope, and I think that people should. I do too. too. I think that people should get involved. I, I do just, too. I, I think I just when I talk like that, I'm like talking to myself. Like <laughs> you piece of shit. You don't really give a fuck or you do something. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm talking. Not enough. Get it's involved. Hilarious. <laughs> don't you have those conversations? Uh, or you're doing things. You feel yeah. like you're doing enough.
1: I don't feel like I'm doing enough now, mm. but I feel like I'm doing things.
0: Did I read somewhere that you do some other like volunteer work or some other sort of, have you helped, are you helping someone? I people? Are you helping? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm doing the best I can yes I I have I'm a part of an activist group in LA that is mainly comprised of progressive women who live on the east side and we do all sorts of different things yeah. registering voters um, oh yeah yeah uh, postcarding all sorts of that's different good. actions yeah do you have hope so much
0: that's good you have to right?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. To me, that's just a choice. Like, do, uh, yeah, of course they do.
0: Which way do you want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a crossroads.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. the this, the the sort of planet in crisis is much more dire to me, so that's where I have a harder time finding hope. But I actually have a lot of hope for just people and conditions and.
0: Yeah, maybe people. Maybe eventually, over time, they will do the right thing, yeah. right in time for us to all to be on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We finally worked out our problems. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Here it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a good way to end. Do you feel good?
1: I feel great.
0: Did this go all right?
1: I think so. I feel
0: like it it did. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. No, I know. I know. I know. I feel good about it. I feel like we got over tension that wasn't even there.
1: I really didn't have any tension. I didn't either. I I mean, I I have to be honest with you. My tension was with like the ad the administrative people I was emailing with. It right. really was very separate I've, from
0: you. Right, because I think both times I've seen you recently, um, but I've But those said, are really
1: the only times I've seen you, so I'm curious what other times you're thinking of.
0: No, those are the only times, but yeah. I, what I'm saying is I've I've gone up to you both times and said, are we okay? Because I feel
1: like I said, Of course you yeah. did,
0: yeah, I know. But you know, I just- I know. When was the last time I saw you?
1: I saw you at South by Southwest. Oh, and and in Austin. I saw that's you on the right. airplane we were, there. We
0: were there for a while. Yeah, and backstage. then I saw you at the
1: Texas Film Awards there for that's Brooklyn right. Decker. Did,
0: yeah, that's right. You did that with her. And then I saw you at a Netflix party.
1: And I saw you at a Netflix party where Martin Sheen walked up out of the car. Uh. And I felt very, I don't know if you remember that interaction, but I felt very responsible for his experience.
0: No, it was weird. What did happen? Because we were standing there. Nothing and happened. You were...
1: We were just standing waiting for the car yeah. and Martin Sheen <laughs> got out of the car. And I, I was also like, is he going to remember me? Like, am I going to be so out of context that I'm going to reveal this in front of right, me? Like right, my yeah. co-star of yeah. five years is not going to know my name right now. Mm. So I was worried about that. Yeah. Um, but I just felt and
0: did he? I can't remember he
1: did of course. I just felt <laughs> he did I just felt very responsible for his experience there
0: i I get that too. that's yeah. a, a weird kind of code. There's certain people,
1: yes, who that bring, bring that out. out of me,
0: yeah, I have a couple of them where you're just immediately kind of protective and yeah, bizarre. Was like
1: I can't let him go in there right yeah.
0: <laughs> there's like two like I know who they are where i don't I don't even think twice about sort of like, I'll take care of it. are you okay? I know. I'll give you. And it's weird people, too. They're not like necessarily. expect. Right. They're not really people that I'm necessarily close to, but there's a couple Absol- of people I, where I'm just like, don't. I immediately step into that role. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's nice talking to you. That was nice. I think we settled some things and talked some. St- I like her. I like her. I like, uh, I like everything about that person. Uh, her book represent the woman's guide to running for office and changing the world is available all right stratocaster wah wah pedal old ass amp coming at ya <laughs>
1: Boomer lit.